Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Queen of Hearts. Hello, Heather. Yeah, so just a little update for everybody. We are going to be moving to a new podcast hosting site. Okay. We've been using Anchor, and Anchor has been great yes. to use. Um, but we've decided we're going to switch to Buzzsprout starting June 15th. Okay. And the reason being is that we can have our own website where all our podcasts can live. Ooh. So you can easily find them. There'll be an embedded podcast player on there. So nice. I just want to mention that for our listeners who are on Anchor. Excellent. Yes. Cause, so you will need to go somewhere else to listen to the podcast. This does not affect... People, right, people listen from Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, any of those other places. You will still be able to find the Queen of Hearts podcast. Excellent. All right, on to our topic for today. Yes. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And this year, it seems really fitting, considering that mental health is a topic on everyone's minds <laughs> right say, now. Yeah. Yes. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of grief for us. Um, most of us in the form of our lives being uprooted yeah. and really just turned around. But I think one of the good things that has come from that is a new urgent conversation about mental health. Definitely. Unfortunately, because of coronavirus and the way we've had to mitigate risk, you know, things like lockdowns, <laughs> quarantining, isolating from other people, we are starting to see more people dealing with issues like anxiety, depression, loneliness, and grief. Right, yeah. yeah. And it might not necessarily be that more people are dealing with these issues. It could be that more people feel comfortable about discussing them openly because we're all kind of in a similar boat right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And we've talked about aspects of mental health on this podcast before. So a lot of our listeners might be wondering why a discussion about heart health, a podcast of heart health, warrants dipping our toes into mental health as well. Mm -hmm. um, but over the past several years, more and more studies have been done and are being done as to the impact of mental health on physical health and specifically heart health. And these studies have started to open up a conversation about um, how trouble with our mental health can translate into trouble with our physical health and for the purposes of our discussion, heart health. Yeah, it seems like you're very passionate about this topic, Bethany. I am. Um, can you explain to the listeners a little bit about why? Sure. So I've mentioned before in previous podcasts um, that I've struggled with mental illness off and on since I was about 15. Mm. Um, that's officially. I probably had issues even before that mm -hmm. that just went undiagnosed because I was a kid. Yeah. So, um, but when I was 40, my dad passed away unexpectedly. And something strange happened. Um, a few months after that, I developed some troubling symptoms with my heart. Mm -hmm. So I was experiencing vertigo, which is, you know, dizziness. And I was feeling like my heart was skipping beats, like those big, like a gasp and then a thump, oh. you know. Um, and one day I was experiencing those two symptoms at the same time and then added to that shortness of breath. Hmm. So being that I had just recently started working at the Karen Yon Center and I, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, know all about what we tell women about advocating for themselves, I went to the ER because I thought 
I might be having a serious issue. Mm. Fortunately, I did not have a heart attack, um, but I was urged to follow up with a cardiologist. Mm -hmm. And initially it was, oh, just meet with somebody and they'll determine what needs to happen. And the cardiologist said, yeah, we're going to send you for an echo and we're going to set you up with a monitor. And basically, after all of that, I found out that I have a mild arrhythmia. And I'm not sure that my mental health is connected to the heart issue, but the stress that I was under at the time mm-hmm. at least seemed to bring it to the forefront. Yeah. So that kind of connection led me to want to find out all I could about how these two big issues for a lot of people are tied together. Right. So you mentioned some of the mental health struggles people are having with coronavirus specifically. Mm-hmm. How do those things impact the heart? Well, let's start with something I think a majority of people are experiencing right now, which is anxiety. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the most common mental health problems, even before all of this. Um, Approximately 264 million people worldwide have an anxiety disorder. And women, specifically, are nearly twice as many, or excuse me, twice as likely as men to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder in their lifetimes. Yeah. Surprising to probably nobody. Right. When you say anxiety disorder, is yeah. that just general anxiety or are there specific disorders this applies to? Well, it does include what's known as generalized anxiety disorder, which is one of those kind of broad spectrum terms, but it also includes everything from panic disorder to obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic mm. stress disorder, etc. Um, and what's interesting is that these types of illnesses can impact your heart by speeding up your heart rate Mm -hmm. and increasing your blood pressure and also causing other types of arrhythmias as well. Okay. Does this mean you're thinking that anxiety might have been the cause of your heart issue? Um, It did cross my mind because at the time I was, like I said, I was under a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, But I want to point out that I w- when I was wearing the halter monitor, if a- people out there have had one before or haven't, it's just one of those little things you stick the pads on your body and then you wear it for a few days or a week. And I had to write down, anytime I felt that heart skipping or any other symptom, I had to write down what I was doing at the time. And the majority of the time, it had nothing to do with any anxious feeling. I wasn't feeling anxiety. So I guess it wasn't conscious. If it was happening, it wasn't conscious. Okay. So Okay. So we've been talking about anxiety and mm-hmm. how that affects the heart. Let's talk next about depression. Oh. And how that affects you said the that heart. So happily Is and that, suddenly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Should I say no, it's sadly? Okay. How does depression affect your heart, Bethany? Yes, that's much more I mean so. it affects the heart too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Studies have shown that depression can also, like anxiety, interrupt your heart rhythm, and but it can also increase inflammation as well as blood clots, mm. and those things can lead to long-term cardiovascular damage and raise your risk of heart attack and stroke. Mm-hmm. May is also Stroke Awareness Month, too, so... And a little side note. A little side note, yes. And depression also increases stress hormones in your body, and... The longer you're depressed, the longer it kind of keeps your body in a constant fight-or-flight type of response. And that can impact your blood pressure. It can raise your blood pressure. And the longer your blood pressure is raised, it can lead to 
less elasticity in your arteries and cause further damage. Right. Well, that's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you consider that about 20% of us will experience an episode of depression at some point in our lives. Right. I'd like to add here, too, that depression has been proven to be such a big risk factor for the heart that the American Heart Association is now recommending that all cardiac patients be screened for depression. That's good. Mm -hmm. Because you've mentioned too, like when you've worked with cardiac rehab patients, you've seen a lot of that. Yeah, I would say roughly, it was probably around 15 to 20% of the patients, sometimes more. Sure. Yeah, it was pretty common. Yeah, and speaking of risk factors, um, the other interesting thing that these depression studies showed, and I don't think this will be a surprise to anybody, is that people with depression tend to engage in more high-risk behaviors. So they tend to be smokers, um, Mm -hmm. they have a poor diet, or they might opt out of exercise, things like that. Why do you think that is? Do you think it has to do with them wanting to feel better so they smoke or eat unhealthy foods? And it might, you know. People who smoke, they smoke to relieve stress. They smoke to relieve anxiety. But I think sometimes for people, there's also this desire to eat better. There's a desire to exercise because they know that logically, you know, their mind is telling them, yeah, Mm -hmm. I know this would make me probably feel better. But the will isn't there. And that's one of the problems with depression. It just can sap your will in so many ways. How do you mean? Well, I think... A lot of people tend to look at those with depression or depressive type illness or mental illness in general and automatically assume these people are lazy. They don't want to do the necessary things to take care of themselves. And they want to believe that those people who are sick can just will themselves to eat better or will themselves yeah, to exercise. I've heard those stereotypes. You know, or yeah. even let's just yell mm-hmm. at them for a while yeah. and kind of pressure them into doing it. Mm-hmm. And then when they can't, these same people are written off as not wanting to get better. And actually, you know, the majority of people who are suffering from a mental illness, they're completely rational people. They know that eating healthy and exercise is good for them. They know that quitting smoking is probably a better bet, you know, to have a healthy heart. But their mind, you know, like depression is a trick of the mind and it just, it tells you it's easier to sleep or lay on your couch all day mm-hmm. or eat that piece of cake instead of a piece of fruit. You know, being mentally ill, a lot like being physically ill, it's not a character flaw. It's right. not something you can just will yourself out of. Sometimes you're going to need a little more help than that. Yeah. What about some of the unique conditions people are dealing with right now? things they may not have thought they would feel at the beginning of all of this. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, expected to be stressed out. They expected to have anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, because this all came upon us very suddenly, you know, those were the two things we were most concerned about feeling. But let's face it, when your everyday life gets turned around this fast and suddenly you're either, you know, removed from your place of business and you're working at home or you are removed from your place of business because your job has been eliminated or you have to be working with the general public and now you're in danger every day and while we're at it let's throw your kids in all 
you know, at home because schools are closed Mm -hmm. or you can't see grandma and grandpa anymore because their facility is closed. And oh, by the way, now everything we used to do for fun that would help us relax, like watch sports or go to the movies, go out to eat, that's all taken away too. Right. You've got a great big mess. Yeah. And I think what came along with that kind of thing was grief. And loneliness, things that people didn't expect to feel and maybe were surprised that they were feeling. And I think sometimes with grief, there's a little bit of like survivor guilt type Hmm. stuff that comes with that or feeling bad that you're grieving a loss that's not a death of a loved one. And loneliness, there's a little bit of maybe self-shame with that. You know, I enjoy being by myself, Mm -hmm. but I mean... If I lived alone right now and I had to be isolated, I mean, I think I would be miserable. I would just be sad and lonesome a lot of the time. Yeah. So talking specifically about grief and loneliness, what are the impacts these can have? Well, both grief and loneliness can impact your heart in the same way stress can. So especially if you're feeling them for a long period of time, which... Let's face it, this is going to be a long road. Mm -hmm. So chronically negative states of mind like grieving or feeling lonely can increase your risk of developing heart disease over time. And loneliness actually has been shown to increase the risk of cardiovascular disease specifically in women. Not men, just women. Not men. Interesting. Yeah. These things happen because these emotions flood your body with stress hormones And the stress hormones work to reduce that flexibility in your blood vessels, again. Otherwise known as hardening of the arteries. Right. (laughs) And we've Mm. heard, you know, we've heard about extreme grief and that sometimes it can cause what's known as broken heart syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, That's basically an acute cardiac illness and sometimes that can lead to a heart attack. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Right now, people whose loved ones are sick and hospitalized, they're not allowed visitors in most places, whether they have COVID-19 or not. Um, So not being able to support someone during this time in person, especially if that loved one passes away, that adds an extra layer of stress to the grief. And that could make a broken heart syndrome episode more likely for someone who's already at risk, you know. But we also need to be aware, like I said, of that grief over a lost job or Mm -hmm. a missed milestone like a graduation or a prom or even a missed vacation. Not that I'm speaking about myself specifically Mm because I had to, you know. Do you broken heart syndrome over your missed vacation? A little bit. I definitely missed my (laughs) vacation. Bethany was hoping to go to Florida in (laughs) April and that has not happened. Sadly did not happen. So we also need to recognize that while social distancing helps us keep, you know, coronavirus at bay, Mm -hmm. it can damage our psyche and our heart by keeping up those stress hormones because we're not having that social interaction that we so desperately need and that we ordinarily use to cope with life's problems. Yeah, and this might be going on for a while yet too, right? And yeah. there's still all this uncertainty. We don't know how long things are going to last. Right. So what can people do so that these mental health ish- health issues don't cause permanent damage to both their minds and their hearts? So the first thing I always tell people to do, and like I've said a million times before, I am not a mental health professional I consider myself a mental health expert on my own mental health, so I know what works for me, (laughs) and so when I've been asked to give advice, this is 
what I've found works for myself. Um, the weather is improving, although we're sitting here in Wisconsin and three days of rain and counting, so it doesn't seem like it's improving, but <laughs> <laughs> it is getting better and our restrictions are slowly being lifted. So there are small things you can do to improve your mood. So what usually works for me are really basic. I get natural light as much as I can every day. That's kind of mm -hmm. been one of the blessings of working from home for me because you know, like yeah. I do, our office does not have any windows. Right. There's no natural light. But at my house, my office has a window. I can be out on my deck working if it's nice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can get that sunlight. I can get that natural light, which is crucial. Um, I try to move every day. I've subscribed to, um, we talked about in our exercise, our Move More podcast a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, Obey Fitness. I joined mm -hmm. them. And they're great. It's dance fitness. So it's got short routines. It's got longer ones. It makes me feel really good. And if I can't do that, at least I walk my dog once or twice a day. So, And I also I treat myself to a bath once Bethany a week. Bethany likes a good bubble bath. I do like a good <laughs> bubble bath. I am a big fan of bath bombs, bath bubbles, yeah. salts, what a, scrubs. Yeah. I, I do the candles. I have the music. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Right. For me, I make sure I get the activity in too. Mm -hmm. But for me, like I music helps me more than anything. Yeah, and I it helps a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That and watching something funny. <laughs> for thank, me that works too thank because, god for youtube <laughs> right it just helps relieve some of those stress hormones a little bit definitely yeah. laughing is really important so i think find anything that helps you with reducing stress or bringing some sort of joy into your life exactly and one thing i always try to tell people too is check in with yourself often Take a few minutes, if you can, in a quiet space by yourself and just really do a little self-assessment of how am I feeling today. Um, if you've never done this before, we do have a link to a checklist on our Karen Yant Center website. Mm -hmm. It's, I believe, eight or ten questions, just kind of how have I been feeling the last few days. And Do I have to do this every day? I do. Okay. Um, you certainly don't have to, but I'm also somebody, like I said, I've been dealing with this for a long time, so I know when I'm starting to go down a bad road. Mm -hmm. And my little red flags come up, and I try to be a little more observant of how I'm doing. Yeah. I think if you have others that you're coming into contact with on a regular basis, if you're living with somebody, your roommate, your spouse, your kids, whatever – they're going to notice <laughs> They'll let you know. <laughs> they might let you know, you know, hey, you just seem like something's off, mm -hmm. you know. And the other thing I'd like to point out is that once you kind of have moved from this is a nuisance to me mm -hmm. to this is my reality every single day, that's when it's time to reach out and maybe consult a professional because right. you might need an, another level of help. Okay. Okay. It's a very important point right there. Yeah. And that is a topic we will be talking about next time. Yes. I'm um, excited. We're going to have a guest on. Her name is Monica Rodriguez. She's a licensed professional counselor and the owner of On Purpose Psyche. I'm so excited to talk to her. Yeah. Same here. All right. Well, thank you for listening today, everyone. Yes. And as we always say, be, be the, the ruler, ruler of, of your, your own heart. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyantcenter.org, like us on Facebook at Karen Yance Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, ladies, be ruler of your own heart.